blah, 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 blah. Everybody go arm yourself. Blah, 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 blah. Hello and welcome to episode number 24 of the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chicago, Illinois, where the construction vehicles are pulling themselves outside. I'm getting ready for the noise. And sir, Ryan Bemrose, you should see your face right now. From America's left coast, where the only problem that can't be legislated away is the weather, and yet they keep trying anyway, I'm Ryan Bemrose, yes. That opening music was even more triggering than usual. I'm looking at the waveform and it clipped badly. I'm just pointing that out. That hurt. I had to bring the volume down. I brought the volume down, but see, in the final product, it'll be a completely different sound that they hear because I I do it in full high res quality. And and then nobody will have any clue what I'm talking about when I start whining about my ears hurting. You're like, oh, Sir Bemrose, he's such a whiny little. Yeah. Hi. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish that. I want I want an ISO there. Nope. That's not happening. This is episode number 24, which in the lore of the no agenda stream, where I know a lot of our listeners are coming from, is a very special number. Some podcasts, when they hit episode number 24, are then catapulted to greatness and some implode. Which are we going to be? We don't know yet. That's the beauty of the show. Well, if I have my way, we'll do both. We'll do both at the same time. Hey, you know, if you're going to go, if you're going to crash and burn, you may as well do so in dramatic fashion i know everybody in the troll room the other day well yesterday when we played our episode on uh, following right after the no agenda show the episode was on the sci-fi episode at about the 21 minute mark or so i'm talking about something you hear and then i go whoa i I pointed that out to everybody in the troll room and if you weren't in the troll room we'll i guess point this out for good grumpy old ben's listeners who aren't in the troll room if you wondered what was happening there the caster and my chair broke and uh, I almost went tumbling to the floor, but I continued like a professional at the mark of a professional, the chair collapses and yet you stand there, continue. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and, and not only that, but I got to give you props because even when your chair was literally collapsing underneath you, it did not squeak. <laughs> <laughs> it is a better chair perhaps than, than some podcasters use. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I've had it for years and years in the company. Anytime something breaks, they just keep sending parts. So there's really no reason to replace it. But that is the difference when you're doing a show live for the nice folks on the no agenda stream, which what we've been doing now for for quite a few weeks. When you're doing a thing live and your chair breaks, you don't just get to go. Oh, here I hold on a second. I'll let me um, let me go fix this. And we'll just edit this out. I mean, actually, you can do that. Lots of shows do. Well, that's true. Even if you're on the live stream, it is an option. Yeah, I guess editing is always an option. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I, I just like to point out that if uh, if a caster falls off my chair, I just wonder where the hell it came from because uh, lazy boys don't come with casters. And uh, this is the most comfortable chair that I've ever podcasted in. It's also particularly old. So uh, there's at least part of it that's been augmented with two by fours over the years. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they can break. I, I know our we had a, one of the theater chairs that we had. Uh, before the ones that we have now it eventually had to be replaced. But, you know, I said something funny and my wife just kind of thought it would be funny to like push me and she pushed me, which I fell back onto the chair and you just heard 
boing, like a spring, whatever it hit, a spring came flying and it wasn't good. They're not indestructible. Lazy boys are not indestructible. They can be quite comfortable, though. So your mileage may vary. There is an important question in the chat room about uh, what is the volume balance of listening to GOB at the same time as watching Married with Children reruns? Ooh, well, see, what you do is you just want to completely mute the Married with Children Well, that's what I would do. I hate that show. And you want to listen to us because we can be the Al Bundy character for you. Um, I'm not going to say either one of our wives are the Peggy Bundy character because I think I hate the show. Maybe it cuts too close (laughs) to home. (laughs) And it might be like, nope, don't want anything to do with that. Uh, Although Christina Applegate back in the day wasn't bad to look at, you know. uh, Yeah. Well, even when that show was the only thing you were paying attention to watching with the volume completely muted was the only way that it was watchable. Well, one thing I will say is in today's climate, you wouldn't be able to make that show. I'm not even sure where that's running. If it's running on any of these uh, uh, places that do reruns, I mean, that they still exist, believe it or not. I know we all just normally go, oh, we're going to, if we want to watch a show, you go to Netflix, you go to Hulu or one of those. But the content of Married with Children definitely doesn't fall into political correctness. And all I'll say is this, and we'll tie this nicely into the topic of today's show, because again, speaking of political correctness, professional podcaster here amateur heckler here al bundy would be on somebody's list if he he had a handgun if you knew al bundy had a gun you know the neighbors are calling the cops and saying we're we're afraid for our lives go get his guns and today we're talking about red flag laws and all of that kind of fun stuff because it's now a thing, I guess, in the United States, in some parts of the United States. Uh, it's it's absolutely a thing on the left coast. If your neighbors think you're a danger, that the authorities can then go in and confiscate your guns. I don't know if this is applying to other weapons or if it's strictly guns, but uh, I would just like to suggest if this is going into effect in the Chicago area, I would just like to make, can I just make one call? for like the millions of people that are all living in the chicago area that are shooting each other every day each and every day if you can call it living right and can i just go right now one call i'm i'm concerned for everybody in like a five mile radius please go house to house and ask them for their weapons and tell me how that goes there's a lot to break down in this topic the first is who gets to decide that you're competent or not Two, how do you enforce this? Three, how do you keep people that are just trying to screw with somebody else? Because I'm going, you know, I know XYZ has guns and I'm pissed at him or her right now. So I'm going to send an anonymous tip in. There's a lot to talk about here. Where do we even start? Well, uh, we can start with a a definition. I think you gave a pretty good working one, but uh, a a, a red flag law is pretty much a... (laughs) I'm going to read a little bit from Wikipedia because even this is a little slanted. A red flag law is a gun control law that permits police or family members to petition a state court to order the removal of firearms from a person who may present a danger to themselves or others. So may in other words. Yeah. In other (laughs) words, if, uh, if you can convince and, and uh, by the way, that, this, the necessity of a court is only in certain states. Some of the states, all you have to do is convince the cops. But in general, yeah, you just convince some authority figure that, uh, hey, this person has 
has said or done something. And, and in fact, the the paragraph in Wikipedia goes on. It says uh, a judge makes a determination to issue the order based on statements and actions made by the gun owner in question. L- let me unpack that last thing: statements and actions. Those are two very, very different things. I know that. I know that a lot of millennials are shaking their heads, going, "No, they're not. They're exactly the same." Those are different. It's hard not to go instantly into rant mode on this one uh, because uh, the laws are so overreaching. And I honestly think that that at some point in the distant future, we're fi- assuming that the courts hold any standard of sanity, that we're going to get a lot of this stuff scaled back. But right now, they are state laws, and these state laws basically say if somebody in your household or if your next door neighbor says hey this guy said something about shooting at a mall then the cops can come and break into your house take your guns away shoot your dog and then leave well a big part of that 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 what you read was maybe a danger well i hate to tell you everybody listening to this podcast at one point or another may be a danger to somebody or to themselves that's just the human condition yeah in fact in fact i've got a i've got a pretty useful test um go ahead and hold your finger to your wrist and check for a pulse if (laughs) if you have one you may be a danger to yourself or others life is dangerous deal with it these are the same states though where they would like the constitution to go away they would like for there to be no guns and this is a way that We've talked about the Overton window over and over and over again. It was something I first heard from Glenn Beck when he wrote a book called The Overton Window about yeah. this whole concept. Well, the, the, the concept originally came from a dude named Overton, believe it or not. Really? Yes. Did he look out the window one day and went, hmm, I could I, use something I'm not a really nicer. sure how, I, I, is, maybe that's in Glenn Beck's book. <laughs> but the concept of people will accept much more radical things if you introduce them slowly yes. rather than going completely to one side, like my boiled frog metaphor, which, which is a yes. long, long time fable that apparently doesn't exist in modern culture. And I'm just an old buddy. Uh, yeah. And you're not supposed to throw any living creatures into a pot of boiling water. Just want to point that out. Well, unless, unless they really deserve it and you're cranky at the time and you have a pot of boiling water nearby, or if they're delicious and they just happen to be lobsters, you never yes. know. I mean, this is kind of, I mean, I really, this is where the country is going. It may be where the world is going. I, the other day, just slight tangent, I saw a, because get, you get a list. If you use any of these devices, and I use an iPad for a tablet, and if any of these devices, they want to they think they have news that you want to see or stories you want to see. And one of them that popped up was Ted Nugent posts disturbing photo. So I click because <laughs> I'm like, I want to see what kind of disturbing photos Uncle Ted is posting. And it was a photo of knowing knowing Nugent. It's probably a photo of him. No, it wasn't. But it was of eight deer that were hanging on a rack that are, you know, however they do after they're yeah. killed for, for him to butcher them yeah. in order to. And he eats venison all year round. He, you know, he has uh, a big hunt. He's a big hunter conservationist and all that. But this is now what qualifies to some people as a disturbing photo and i have to wonder if that's a disturbing photo to you do you eat any meat because i hate to tell you if you eat hamburgers or you eat chicken you eat steaks i do the animal that you are consuming happily 
went through a much worse fate than that one that you're saying was a just a horrifying you know horrible picture disturbing photo whatever the caption was uh, another thing that might mark me as an old geezer is i have actually murdered animals for food anybody wants to send hate mail ryan at grumpyoldbens.com the people who want to insist that that humans should never harm an animal for food they they need to check their meat eater privilege because they their ancestors killed creatures and therefore they owe rep- reparations well i was amazed there was a story about uh, i forget what the crop was maybe it was like a soy or pea chickpeas maybe it was that the people that were farming these in had you know hundreds and hundreds of acres however large this uh, um, place was that was growing this stuff that how many animals have to be killed because you know if they're in there eating your stuff you know so they have things in you know in place in order to keep these animals out and they kill these animals and because they're basically rodents and pests but the whole concept of this article was don't think just because you're a vegan you know you're way up on that high horse don't think that your eating style is not murdering animals because it is you have blood on your hands just like anybody eating a hamburger so shut the hell up about it it's part of the system People hunting for food is not a bad thing. Well, whether it's a good or a bad thing, it is it is part of living on this planet. And if you want to continue doing that, you're going to have to come to grips with the idea that some creatures kill other creatures on this planet. It's kind of how it works. It doesn't have to be nice. It doesn't have to be friendly. I'm sure that the seal is not particularly thrilled when the shark comes by. But you know what? If the shark never killed a single animal, they wouldn't last very long. It's kind of what sharks do. Same thing with people. We kill things. Well, yeah. Do you think? I mean, do you think if you're swimming along and a great white shark comes around, or if you're out in the wilderness and a big black bear or you know a polar bear comes around and they're about to attack you because they're hungry? And do you think if you yell, I'm a vegan, they're going to stop and be like, oh, well, okay, I'll, I'll go find somebody else to eat. No, well, I, you're part of the, you're part I, of the food chain. I, I will offer this pro tip. And that is that if you find yourself in the wood with a violent predator charging at you, it is helpful to have a vegan alongside because you can probably outrun them. <laughs> That's right. You don't have to outrun the animal. You just have to outrun your buddy. So anyways, loss. <laughs> Uh, this topic kind of came up. Uh, it's It's been stewing for a while because, I, of course, I, I live in one of those left coast states where where they have instituted these laws that basically anybody can go complain to a judge and suddenly you're having your your bill of rights taken away. But uh, this topic kind of hit my radar for real when uh, when Donald Trump came out and, and it, Donald Trump is, of course, uh, a, a swear word for the kind of people who make laws in left coast states. But he said that he supports red flag laws as long as they have due process. And uh, that, that got me thinking, you know, first of all, the, the idea of, of, you know, a red flag law is basically the, the justification for a red flag law is this person, you know, the, how the, the thought process goes is this person is imminent danger. We can't wait for a court to decide that he has committed a crime we need to convict him we need to have a pre-crime that we can convict him of so that we can take away his guns or his rights in order to make certain that he can't commit the crime that he hasn't committed yet and basically due process wasn't working because 
you know, the way that due process is supposed to work is you wait for somebody to commit, commit a crime before you arrest them for it. And, and we couldn't have that. We absolutely needed to be able to arrest people before they committed the crime. Hence red flag laws. So saying that they, that you have a red flag law with due process, you know, I, I like a lot of what Trump stands for, but man, does he say some stupid shit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's because the logic sounds good. You know, that is, I think what it makes a great soundbite. Well, it does because you're like, well, okay, if we could stop any, ever, nobody out there is saying, Hey, you know what? We don't want to stop any gun violence. We want every wacko to be able to get out there and shoot somebody up. And no, it's political suicide to, to say that sort of thing, <laughs> even if it is the right way to, even if you that's know, what due process means. Right. Well, that is the, the problem. So when you look at something like this, we know that as long as the constitution is still the law of the land that guns aren't going away so this is just another way that is trying to take the weapons out of the hands of the dangerous people the problem you run into is who's dangerous who gets to decide and how does this really go down the line and is it constitutional? Is, is this even legal? It, it makes sense because people want to believe anything that we could do to stop these atrocities from happening. We all agree that we should do that within the law. The problem is it's the within the law part that starts getting questionable because a logical person, if I were to come up to you and say, hey, you know, your neighbor is a total loon and they're posting things online that they're going to go shoot up a school and all this. We need to stop them somehow. Well, how do you do that? And that's where these red flag laws, the concept of them comes in. You know, I believe that it is illegal to say you're going to shoot up a school, even you know, what, posting it online, saying it in public, anything like that. You can be arrested for that. It shouldn't be illegal because that's speech, not actions. But you can get arrested for it anyway. Uh, you know, you asked who's dangerous, and that is a, a terribly murky question because dangerous to whom, dangerous by whom. Uh, under what circumstances do they become dangerous? I think, you know, I already made the argument that all people are dangerous because they're people and people have a capacity for violence. It's the ability to do violence is not justification enough because if so, you would have to find a way to lock everybody up. Right. And again, pre-crime, it's you're supposed to lock up the people who do the violence. But the more dangerous question is who gets to decide. And uh, most of these laws pretty much do a hand wave oh a judge decides or oh the cops decide or and every one of these is is an appeal to authority fallacy of course because you have to have implicit trust in in the law in the judge in the people running the government and it's it's the common fallacy that is absolutely necessary to believe in order to be a statist in order to be the kind of person who thinks that government needs to control everything you have to separate government which is this infallible communal good from people who are the people that make up the government is a big part of this problem the fact that people that accuse people unjustly rarely face any consequence in this country that's certainly a problem because if you could just go along and say well hey Brian Bemrose is a danger to society. Make sure he has no firearms. Now, if they come and take your guns, but after an investigation find, 
I was lying. <laughs> I was just trying to screw with you. Then there should be some repercussions for the person that uh, picked up the phone and dropped a dime on you. I actually made a list of uh, of of several reasons why red flag laws are not compatible with the tradition that we've had in America for all of this time, no matter how much people might want it. And uh, what you just described is is part of reason number six why red flag laws should be shot down by courts. Reason number six is that people accused of a crime have a right to a speedy and public trial by jury and have a right to face their accuser. Would you like to hear some of the other reasons? Reason number one is that people should not be put in jail or accused of a crime for things they say. Reason number five, no person shall be deprived of their property without due process or just compensation. Uh, Reason number eight is that you should not uh, levy excessive bail or uh, cruel and unusual punishment, I think is the term used. Um, I didn't make up these reasons, by the way. Would you like to guess where I found them? The internet? It's called the Bill of Rights. (laughs) <laughs> but did you find the bill of rights on the internet no actually i have a i have a pocket copy on my shelf here it's it's kind well, of an important document also also the wikipedia page on the bill of rights has way too much text and does a piss poor job of just listing it so no so i pulled out my pocket constitution and started reading yeah uh as far as i can tell these red flag laws on the surface violate the first second fourth fifth sixth and eighth amendments to the u.s constitution that's kind of a list yeah and we're living in a country right now there was a story i saw the other day where a guy was arrested and ended up being fined a hundred dollars for making the gun symbol you know out of his hand you know how you put two fingers forward like gotcha yep he did that to somebody and was arrested because they were afraid. They were afraid that he was going to do something bad. I really, really, really want to see that go to a court high enough to turn it over on the First Amendment grounds, because that's a precedent I'd love to see. That's complete insanity. That is the First Amendment screaming to be upheld. The interesting thing was, obviously, this guy has had problems with the person. I think it may have been a woman that complained about this. Well, she had a bunch of cameras pointing outside of her house and he was walking by and according to him and of course she would have been or the or he i'm I'm not really sure which i'd have to look it up the person that complained was out of the camera's view and allegedly gave him what uncle ted nugent would call the two middle fingers of love so he responded with the gun thing with just like gotcha you know thanks uh you're giving me you're flipping me the bird this is my reaction to you And he was arrested, charged, and fined for that particular gesture. So, I mean, hey, I mean, real guns, I mean, they have to be how much worse? I mean, really, on a scale of 1 to 10, Ryan Bemrose, how much worse are real guns as far as the damage they can cause in relation to, you know, finger guns? Uh, Well, given that we live in in a post-sticks-and-stones world, (laughs) um. I, I, I'm not sure, you know, it's really just about what person has decided that they want to take offense to it. Are we really in the world where people would rather be offended than shot <laughs> with some, <laughs> with some <laughs> lead? You know, I'm, let me, maybe intru- let me introduce you to some people here on the left coast. Yeah, I don't get it. I really don't get it. And these red flag laws are nothing more than 
government overreach. I mean, that would literally seem to be easy for anybody. You figured it out. They play they play double duty. They're government overreach, but they are also some amazing virtue signaling on the part of legislators who want to appeal to the the masses of people who have been so traumatized by mainstream media over publicizing every single time anybody touches a firearm anywhere in the country and they you know oh god gun crime gun crime gun crime and and every, every single one is five o'clock news and the mainstream are pushing it so hard that all of the people the good little people who just go home and they come home from work and they want to unwind and they want to see what's going on in the world and they turn on the news and screw any other story going on the only story that they hear is somebody got shot in fuckhole florida and next thing you know these people are like oh god yes good people are shooting each other everywhere i'm gonna get shot next yes please i want somebody to control guns and then the legislators are all too happy to pass some unconstitutional law saying Yes, we're going to take guns away from people who are bad or people who might be bad or people we think might be bad or people who are perfectly good. But if we can convince you that they're bad, then you'll still reelect us. I think that's kind of how it works. I need to I need to consult with uh, Sir Mathieu, the resident map expert. Uh, can you show me where fuckhole Florida is on a map, please? I'll wait. The weird thing about guns in this country is the insanity that really is happening around them. I read an article this morning about a guy that went in and held up a bar somewhere in the United States. Everybody else that's, was great. That Everybody, some muscles. <laughs> well, yes, he went in with his gun, not physically held up the bar, uh, was robbing the place and everybody else got on the floor, except there was one guy who I'm assuming just like had the really the worst day he'd ever had in his life at work or just got divorced or just just found his girlfriend in bed with his three best friends or something. Because there was one guy who refused to even acknowledge the fact that this guy was robbing the place. <laughs> the guy was putting a gun in his face. The guy refused to get on the floor. He just calmly lit up a cigarette and just kind of like looked at the guy like, if you're going to fucking shoot me, just just go ahead and do it. <laughs> the weirdest thing about this story was, I mean, I appreciated this guy's attitude. Maybe he was just ready to go. But the best thing about this story was. The people, whoever they talked to about this incident that were at this bar described what this robber had as a heavily modified pistol. And I'm like, how do you really? What does what, that how mean? Many, yeah. What, what do you, I mean, I don't, I've seen guns, you know, I've got a few a fine example got, of the standard of information free news reporting that we have in this country today. Yes. What is a heavily modified pistol? They probably got all their information from sources. <laughs> yes. Un unnamed sources who know nothing about. No, they're not even unnamed anymore. They're just sources. Just sources. <laughs> you, go, you go watch any political topic and, and nobody, they don't name people. They don't even say they're unnamed anymore. They just say sources say that blah, 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 blah. And the source is probably the fiction writers in their editorial room. But those are sources. Yeah, I don't get it. I really don't. But it's part of the insanity that goes around the guns. I mean, we are we're living again in an era where if you say the wrong word to somebody in this, I saw this the other day, too. We did the thing on, you know, language and all the words you're not supposed to say and, and all of that and how society's changing. There was uh, was about a comedian was what's uh, what's the guy's name was going out with the older chick, um, Pete Davidson. 
this, he, this, by the way, this is how why <laughs> research is useful. No, 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 no. Research is never useful. He went off on a crowd because it was a no phones allowed thing. And he, I mean, really, can you imagine getting any group of millennials you, together you and saying well no phones of millennials to remove their left hand before going in? So, I mean, obviously people had their phones. They didn't leave them stored. And this angered Pete Davidson and rightfully so in this case. And he just went off on them, including calling them a bunch of fucking retards in his words, not mine. Cause I know those are dangerous, but the best thing was when somebody was interviewed again about this incident, somebody that was in the audience, they actually said, and then he called us a bunch of R word bitches. So bitches <laughs> is okay to say, but you can't even say retarded anymore. It's R word. I don't get this society, man. I really do not get it. I can offer you an explanation. Yes, please. This society is retarded. <laughs> and they're the ones that are going to decide whether you're too retarded to have guns. I have to digress for a moment. I, th- I don't know if this is a, a symptom. It, it probably is. Um, phones, you know, phones are like a, a big, what, uh, five inch by two inch slab and, uh, people who hold them all the time, were getting wrist problems, like carpal tunnel problems from having to hold like grip around the edges of the phones. And, uh, I have recently started seeing, and I know, I know this has been around a while and I'm probably, uh, uh, you know, the last one to notice because I, I don't like people, so I don't hang out with them. There are people now who put these pop-up buttons on the back of the phone, which you right. you pop out and it creates a, like a grip on the back of the phone that you can put between two fingers so that you can use the phone for hours at a time without straining your wrist. Here's another possible thought. How about you don't use your phone for hours at a time? I have a phone that I can grip around the edges and not strain myself because I put the fucking thing down every once in a while. Is that too hard? Is that is is this something that the like a lost ability to put your phone down that that only the older generations have anymore? Put your phone down, pick up your nine millimeter, go to the gun range and get proficient with your weapon. Yes, that is gun control. Learning how to use it without shooting yourself. That is gun control. That is. And I appreciate what companies like Sig Sauer are doing, which I think it's bizarre but it's also cool. And I can't believe it hasn't gotten people killed, but still cool. They make BB guns powered by compressed air by CO2 cartridges that are exactly the same body and very close to the same weight and balance as their pistols. So they have them in the different types of pistols. They make a version. I I can't wait until some teenager gets shot to death by the cops for having one of those on his hip and walking within 300 yards of a school, which is exactly what I said. I can't believe this because it looked like the only way to tell is there's like little orange dots on the back of the thing, which you could easily cover up with a little bit of paint, but you know, the company's doing what they need to do to be legal. And these BB guns on sale are like 79 bucks. So it makes a lot of sense. If you, if you have somebody, you know, if you have a concealed carry, you just want to get more comfortable with your weapon. This in your hand is going to feel exactly the same or as close as possible. I bet it doesn't kick as hard. Well, no, that's going to be the one thing. So when you're shooting people, you're going to have to remember to you know really hold yeah. on to that thing. But otherwise, it is something that's really good for training, and you can shoot it in your backyard and go you know little targets and stuff without having to go to the range. 
but it's something that it's i mean how did we get to the point is it just that we're so far beyond a society where people had to hunt and get their own food that way and provide for themselves you know if you were were growing up on a farm a hundred years ago i mean is that is that the reason why guns all of a sudden have gotten to the point to where most people will be like, well, you don't even need to hunt because this is, or is that also the reason why hunting has been under fire is not because people are against you shooting tasty animals and eating them. Is it because most hunting is done with guns? I know there are people who are proficient like uncle Ted Nugent who use bows and arrows and that, but I would guess to well, say gun, most guns are the most efficient gun. way to destroy something at a distance. So of course, most hunting is done with guns because most people want to be efficient. Uh, it, you you were saying a hundred years ago. You you don't have to be a hundred years ago in order to find somebody who makes their subsistence with guns. You know, where where I am, all I have to do is go a hundred miles away, and you can find somebody who lives in a place where there's no local Safeway. There's no local Kroger that just provides you all the meat that you want. And but how do you get your ding dongs? Well, I was born with mine, but I don't know how what. But anyways, these it, there are people in in rural parts of the country that it, which which coincidentally is where I came from, and part of the reason why I have actually killed animals and then eaten their flesh. There are places, lots of places, that are in the rural parts of the country where guns are still a useful tool for lots of things for for hunting food, not always for getting rid of coyotes that are eating your chickens. Yeah, that happens for, you know, other pests that are destroying your, your vegan farm plot there for self-defense when you walk around near the woods because there are bears or whatever. Or if you happen to find yourself in the South side of Chicago, then self-defense. Well, as you say in your area, it sounds like a lot of people have guns. Is there, is there a huge murder problem with guns in your area? Well, I, I think somebody was murdered once, and that is a huge murder problem that must be dealt with with overbearing legislation. So I'm probably not the right person to ask, but I know there are a lot of people who are making laws in this country who think that if one person is allowed to do something, then we must take away the rights of everybody else. But the point I was going to make about the rural areas is what we have here is another example of the point I brought up in, in our uh, uh, electoral college episode of the tyranny of the majority. When you have a large number of people in the eastern half of the state who are, they grew up with guns, they are responsible with guns, they know how to use them, they're comfortable with them, everybody understands and is fine with it, Uh, they have guns for legitimate purposes or because that's legitimate sport, and then, you know, some of them even need to get their food using guns, but the people in Seattle, the people in the big cities, will vote overwhelmingly to say, no, no, we don't need guns here in the middle of the city. We get all our food from the local grocery store. We don't need to hunt anything. There's absolutely no reason anybody should ever have a gun. And then they pass a law that covers an area 300 miles away in the middle of the wilderness that is not anywhere near a city that doesn't have a police force. And again, it's part of the urban versus rural divide where the urban areas are insisting that on the tyranny of the majority and saying, well, what's good for us should be good for everyone else. Because, you know, I happen to live in an area where our local police department is, I would guess about a mile from my house. 
So I'm guessing if the police department got a call, somebody could be here in under a minute. Now, it's a lot easier somebody that lives here to be like, nobody needs guns, as opposed to somebody who lives, you know, two hours away from the local authorities. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, if somebody breaks into your house, it's, it's again, it's a lot easier when you're living in a different situation. And that's why there are different laws in different areas. But it doesn't make sense. That's why local laws should should always be the appropriate ones, because the local laws will always be appropriate for the area. And these red flag concepts, you really wonder. I have to applaud your your dedication to constantly dragging us back on topic. I'm impressed. Well, that's what I'm here for. I am. Well, no, I wouldn't be the crackpot. I guess I'm the buzzkill keeping you online and you're the crackpot today. It changes. We can both be buzzkill. But it's the. The concept that this won't even stop, I believe, with guns. And it comes down to, again, I know we harp on the media and the stuff we see in the news a lot because, you know, reporting is dead. But this is where a lot of people still get their concepts of what reality is. There was another article on the Fox News site who I used to think was somewhat rational, but that is going quickly out the window on Oh, disturbing things found in Jeffrey Epstein's house. And this was like, well, there was a drawing of yeah, a fe- number one, Jeffrey Epstein. Well, he's dead now. <laughs> but they're like, oh, there was a, you know, there was a drawing of. Which is why it was disturbing to find him there. Right. Well, yeah, he'd be rotting away. Or maybe, no, he might be alive and hiding there. I don't know. Yeah, his, I shouldn't really Star say Trek we know clone. where he is. His teleporter yes. clone is there. But the things they were saying were like horrible and disturbing were like a drawing of a female rear end. It's like, Okay, I've, have you ever seen art? I mean, come on, you know, and then it was like, oh, a nude photo of what they believed was his, you know, girlfriend on a, you know, on a beach or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm still waiting to hear the disturbing stuff. I mean, it may be a little risque, but it's like the Ted Nugent, you know, deer is hanging up. It's like, so you're now you're disturbed by anything. It's like there were photos of, you know, girls and his. it's like, what, what age are you talking about? I mean, I don't know. I've got. I mean, if anybody's ever seen any of my videos, yeah, please don't come scan YouTube. my hard drive. I I also have photos of <laughs> of naked women. Well, you know, that's one thing, and then you know, Playboy porn, that kind of a thing. And I don't even think this was reaching a porn level. I'm not admitting to anything. That was hypothetical. Of course, you know, if you've seen any of my YouTube videos, you know, there's Taylor Swift pictures up here in my office. There's one you never see because it's up on the sidewall. Here is a uh, Candace Swanapuel, Victoria's Secret supermodel in a bikini. So, you know, that's part of the office, but it's like, that's, I don't know. When did it become disturbing to have pictures of women on your wall? Now, if they would have gone in and been like, there were pictures of eight-year-old girls or 10-year-old girls naked. Well, then I would get, but that didn't sound like what any of this was. This sounded like, you know, maybe he had some nude artwork and people were considering this now to be, oh, dangerous. So again, this is like the red flag with the guns. Who gets to decide? What is dangerous? Who gets to decide what is offensive? Who gets to decide all this? When you have the Constitution, that was put into place for a very simple reason, because that said, the government fucking can't decide these things. Yeah, the the Constitution was put into place because they they recognized something that most statists do not recognize right now, which is governments are made up of people. People are fallible. Who gets to decide? A human. And you know what? That human is not perfect. And that human does not have ultimate wisdom. And more importantly, even if you can point to a single one and say, this guy is really good. This, this, by the way, is 
is the fundamental problem with all of the all of the Democrats who insisted we give uh, Obama extra power and say, yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's Obama. We we're totally fine with him having the power to do anything he we wants trust or, him. or before that, when all the Republicans were saying, yeah, George W. Bush, we need to give him all the power he wants because it's George W. Bush and we trust him. And the problem is, and, and this is going to be a real shock to people on both parties who thought that Bush and Obama deserved unlimited power. At some point, that kind of power goes to somebody named Trump. And you know what? If maybe you hadn't been pushing for the damn office to have ultimate power. Yeah, you can always find a human who's pretty damn wise and a human who is fair and just and can apply these laws fairly. But the moment that you put something wishy-washy into the law, then you need that that fair and just and honest person to do it. And the nature of government is that you won't always have that. At some point, you're going to have a Donald Trump or a Hillary Clinton being the one to decide. And then every inch of wiggle room is going to be used to fuck you over and take your rights away. Which is where the judicial system is really relied on to keep things in check. And that is another, there's probably a whole nother episode on the fact that at one point, the judicial system, the judges, that, especially in the Supreme Court, were known to make their decisions based upon law. And this has been changing slowly. You know, it's been changing slowly. The Overton window law, again. Ideology. Same thing. Right. Because now you're hearing a lot about these, you know, activist judges. It's like, screw you. There should be no such thing as an activist judge. Their sole job is to decide if something is legal or not based upon the law, not based upon what they feel. And the problem when you get into these red flag laws then is you're going to have a judge that hates guns overall. So anybody that gets a call place that says, yeah, I'm really worried about JC Jr. He's uh, he's been saying really weird stuff. You should probably come take his guns. And I'm thinking you might want to lock them in the basement, too. Given that most of these uh, all of these laws have so far been passed in extreme leftist places, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, the The last statistic I saw is that judges approve more than 95 percent of these orders. So it's pretty close to a rubber stamp as it is. You may not even have to convince the judge. You just walk up and say, hey, uh, yeah, so this guy said something on a forum and uh, and we need to take all his property away now. Oh, OK. Stamp. Go in the chat room. JC Jr. says he is now stocking up on guns. So see, we called him out. He's getting the weapons. This is good. good. Everybody <laughs> go good. out and arm yourself. Everybody go arm yourself. Thank you. We've gotten through to somebody. I remember Adam Curry on uh, Twit. Leo Laporte show when he first moved to Austin. The last time he was ever on Twit. (laughs) Right. The first and only time, I guess, because Leo was like, oh, you moved to Texas. You know, you you have guns now. And Adam just like, like, he had it sitting there and he pulls this big ass, the judge out. You know, I think there was the one that shoots the shotgun shells out of a pistol. And he's like, yeah, he's like, and he's like, you know what, though, Leo, in in Texas, when everybody has a gun. It makes everybody way more polite. It, it does. But Leo being a firm left coast adherent, does it Leo? I, I saw that episode. It was, you know, it was around the time when I realized that Twit is not a good show. Uh, yes. But, yes. But Leo reacted as though Adam had pointed the gun at him and was about to shoot him. You know, never mind that Adam was pointing. It, it was practicing good gun safety and pointing it at the ceiling. 
was was not brandishing it anywhere. Uh, had I, I even checked, had good trigger discipline. His finger never went inside the trigger guard. And oh, by the way, there was a camera and fifteen hundred miles in between them. <laughs> but Leo but Curry was a really out. good shot. Leo I mean, freaked out like he was miles. actually going to get shot. It's like, oh, God, we can't have that. And you know what? Adam has never been on that show again. But okay. it shows you that reaction shows you a, a pretty good example of how a lot of people react to guns because, you know, I guess a lot of people just haven't grown up around them and they fear them because they've been told well, this they, is yeah. the, the problem. Not instead of looking at why people commit violent acts, which is one thing I've never understood i mean I, not why people commit violent acts but because they're people. i understand that people get stabbed people get run over with cars people get beaten with baseball bats there are so many ways to inflict harm onto somebody else guns are not the only way to do it and we've already learned if you look around the world there are places where guns are much harder to come by and people still get killed you mean like chicago and it's right well, we're still killing people with guns in Chicago. I mean, you go into London now, there's more knife crime. But so what's where does this stop again? Once let's just assume again with these red flag laws, if you get rid of all guns, which is what they want to do. Do you think the red flag laws are going to disappear if they actually get all the guns to go away? No, the red flag laws are going to stay on the books. And then it's going to be like, oh, well, yes, they but, might do harm to somebody with a knife or but, Red flag laws are they are virtue signaling and they are an attempt to yank again on the Overton window and get people to be used to not having guns around Uh, because like exactly like you said, the reason people are afraid of guns, there's two reasons. One is because for some inexplicable reason, they still trust the mainstream media shit show that is constantly piping in fear and making you afraid for your life of everything that they want to promote on their agenda and guns are a big one. Therefore, every time any gun is activated anywhere in the country, it becomes front page news and they always push the story. Well, you could get shot next and combine that with the fact that nobody grows up with guns anymore. Nobody understand. You know, if, if you grew up and you'd never seen a shovel, then <laughs> you saw a TV drama where somebody was murdered by being hit over the head with a shovel. You'd be afraid for your life of shovels. But you know what? I have a shovel in my shed out here and I use it to displace dirt. And it's a tool. It's a thing that I use when I have a task that requires the use of a shovel. It's not, uh, you know, I, I suppose if I really worked at it, I could use it to hurt somebody. But it's, it, it's a, it's a thing that is needed when it, needed not i don't know i guess i grew up near shovels so i understand how they're used well explain to me then the big black tarp the rope and the chloroform next to your shovel those are not tools that you grew up with and therefore they're frightening to you (laughs) if you're on let's just pretend you're on the side that wants these red flag laws how do you even make the case when somebody comes up and says this seems like it's just a, th- a thought crime thing. And how can that be legal? What's the response to that? Well, that's not important. Uh, we the legality have to pre- goes out the window. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me stop and get my mind into the mind frame of a person who is pushing this law. Your rights don't matter. The only thing that matters is safety. We have to protect our children. Oh, uh, yeah. Always make sure you bring in the children because protecting adults, eh, not important. 
but the kids, oh my God, the kids, there is a school shooting every 30 seconds in this country and kids are dying left and right. And we are never, uh, you know, your kids will be next. And uh, because, because somebody is going to barge into the school just for no reason other than they have access to a gun. That means they're going to go into your kid's school and shoot your child. And therefore you have to support this. And also you don't need a gun. You don't personally use a gun and therefore you're not harmed by taking away the guns from everybody. Let's just uninvent guns. Let's in fact, let's just make it so that guns were never invented and they don't exist at all because this law that I'm proposing, never mind what it does to people's rights because rights aren't that important. They're not nearly as important as the safety of your children. And these laws will trust me on this. They will end all gun violence. Nobody will ever get <laughs> shot again. Nobody will ever die. We will finally live in our socialist utopia where everybody just has everything they need and goes out and and does art and design and sculpting and then serves on a starship and wagon trains across a oh, different episode. But I think you were right on one of the previous episodes talking about the new concept of a worldwide 24-7 media. When it comes to the way people look at these things, you just talked about school shootings. Are there more than when we were growing up? No, you just don't have the media coverage of it. Nobody ever thinks about it. I mean, if somebody gets hit like the other day at a PGA event, which is golf, just wanted to point that out. Yes, there yes, were. I, I was <laughs> I was scolded by uh, one of our listeners for confusing golf and tennis. I will the two two sports I suck at. I will never confuse them again. They just use a little ball. One's furry and one's hard. But there were six people, I believe, injured or maybe more injured. And you know, it was there was a lightning strike on a golf course. So six people, I think, got injured. Maybe a few more got injured. But uh, needless to say, lightning strike. Some people got hurt. You don't then see national coverage of people like oh, I'm going to hide inside because I might. This might happen to me. But this is exactly you know the odds that somebody got hit by lightning. You're going. Okay, it was horrible this happened to those people, but the logical side of my brain will tell me there's like a 99.999% chance that if I go outside, not going to get hit by lightning. With gun violence, we seem to go in the complete opposite direction, which is if there are two school shootings in a year, people lose their shit rather than doing the logical thing, which is, well, how many schools are there? So what percentage of schools were actually shot up? You know, this Neil deGrasse Tyson, this, he took a lot of shit for pointing exactly that out. And if you don't take logic into effect, this is how you wind up with this red flag stuff, because we're so scared. Uh, we got to we got to stop it before it happens. And with as with any crime, stopping something before it happens is uh, it's really a fool's errand to think that you can legitimately be accurate and predict something like that. Any percentage of the time well even even if you could even if you have a team of psychos all taking a bath together or uh, psychics psych yeah if you have a team gonna be like what kind of party are you throwing (laughs) i i was all ready to make a a minority report illusion without even mentioning the name of the movie but if you have somehow (laughs) a way to accurately predict this is absolutely going to happen 
aside from running into the standard uh, time travel sci-fi tropes of of what if you could prevent it, even if you could guarantee that's going to happen, we have a tradition of justice that says you do not punish people before they have committed a crime because they have at the point you're punishing them, they are innocent. They have not committed a crime. Well, here's a good question. Is there anybody that can hear the sound of my voice right now or when it's replayed at any time in the future that has never thought of committing a crime? Go. I don't think so. Well, I uh, no, I'm 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 innocent. So, okay, you're saying you've never thought of committing any crime ever. I mean, not even necessarily seriously, but you've never sat there and went, you know, that guy really pissed me off. I wonder what what it would feel like to run him over with my car. I tend not to think about such things. I mean, you don't have to think to do it. You can just do things without thinking, right? <laughs> so, okay. So you just take the thought pattern right out of it. But the concept that the thoughts that even having that, you know, hey, little Jimmy's sitting around saying he might shoot up a school. Well, there's probably a 99% chance he's not actually going to shoot up a school. You see more times than not that one of these violent crimes comes out i mean how many times i mean this used to be the greatest thing back before the 24 7 news and there were when there were real journalists or maybe they they weren't even that good back then but you'd have somebody like a jeffrey dahmer do the just horrible things that you find out he's been just chopping people up and eating them for decades and you have people like that live next door to him going well he always seemed like a nice boy so how do you how does the thought crime come into that you know it doesn't make any sense that you feel like you can somehow predict when somebody's going to go off the deep end, you have to then start taking things into account, such as people doing things for comedy. You have to take into effect people being sarcastic, all types of things which get harder and harder when you go down the list, which is why Dave Chappelle, I love what he's been saying lately. They just talked about that on the No Agenda show. If you're not listening to that show, you certainly should be where comedy is being ruined because people can't take certain jokes and people can't be sarcastic and people can't say certain things for the fear of triggering somebody. It really, when you get down to the point to where you're going to start giving carte blanche, when you're going to start giving people the authority to turn in their family members, turn in their friends and have to be like, well, I think they're a danger to themselves. It just, it's never going to work. I mean, short of somebody writing a complete manifesto and publishing it online and saying, I'm going to go shoot up a school. I I don't think you, how do you not take into account the, sarcasm the comedy the things people are saying if you're ever in the troll room no agenda stream.com people say crazy stuff all the time for the sake of comedy how do you know what somebody says or did how do you, again you're not a professional how do you decide who gets the call and who doesn't even with the the manifesto uh that the problem is that doesn't mean somebody can do it uh even if i i guess I, you you can't legislate intent and I'll leave it at that because frankly that's that's exactly what you just said is you you can't you cannot objectively determine intent uh, but more importantly even if even in the case where somebody writes up the full manifesto and then 
decides they are absolutely going to go and try to shoot everybody in a building and they are just so pissed off. I mean, they're going to do it. It's going to happen. Right. And then they walk out the door and they're all ready to go and they run into their girlfriend or a boyfriend or, you know, I don't judge. And that person talks them out of it. They changed their mind. You know what? No crime committed. And you're going to throw somebody in jail because of that. Right. Because if you then start going down those lines, you're, you're playing hypothetical. What if? And humans are well, no, terrible because at, at that. that point, right at that point, the crime becomes the thought. This really is Orwellian kind of stuff at that it point. Is thought crime. Yes. And I, I just want to I, I want to go back very briefly to uh, oh, the the oh, well, we we have to use due process. Well, you know, we have to. <laughs> it's, I, I'm sorry. I'm still rolling over in my head. The the line from trump where he's like well we can have red flag laws we just have to do them with due process and i'm like we I, just you, have to take your rights away in order to protect yeah, your rights and and you know the red flag laws with due process yeah I, I you know i too support magic rainbows and giving everybody a leprechaun's pot of gold as long as we're supporting things that aren't possible <laughs> you know what you know how a, what a red flag law would look like if it had due process it would look like a criminal trial we have laws for that already the whole point to a red flag law is they can be executed without due process because the process is too slow. You add due process, you slow everything down. You've completely killed the point of creating these pre-crime thought crime laws. And well, again, which is the fallacy regular of gun, gun laws, laws. Regular violence laws would do. Well, the, the, the fallacy of gun laws are Chicago has some of the most strict gun laws in the nation and one of the highest when it comes to gun crime and people in their reaction to that i'll never understand the logic because the reaction to all of these morons is still we need more laws we got the laws we're we're even playing into the narrative when we we use the terms uh gun crime or gun violence because well it's, it's crime and it's violence. crime it's violence you know london has su- fairly successful gun laws and they still have crime and violence. And they still have shootings. Yeah, they do. You're, you're not going to convince people to be nice to each other by legislating. That never worked. It's never worked any time in history. It's one of the reasons why your socialist utopia will fail when you add humans. Which is also the bottom line with this stuff is something you just said, which is there is no crime up until the point that the crime's been committed. And I get the logic of the people are like, well, we're trying to prevent this. But you then have to question the steps that are being used to prevent that and how they're going to affect somebody else's right. Because it will come down to the point if this is allowed to get a foothold at all, where everybody is going to be on that list all of a sudden, because we've all are hum- uh, emotional human beings. Well, almost all. I know there are some. Uh, psychiatric conditions where people have no empathy and all that but overall we're all emotional beings i don't don't give away all of my secrets <laughs> i thought you were an android like data 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 how do you say it i either way is fine i suppose but <laughs> we're all in that boat no. you know everybody has gotten pissed at something and said i mean if you're going to get to the point to where it's illegal for somebody to be like i'm gonna kill you I mean, how many people listening to my voice again have ever, ever uttered that to somebody and how many have actually killed people? I'm guessing a low percentage. You just said it on a podcast. So I hope you uh, I hope you're ready for the cops to knock down on your door. 
they don't. Shoot your dog. Well, they can be here in under 60 seconds. So let me, let me open up yes. the door here for them. I'll, uh, I'll wait. I'll wait with my hands out and I won't be making any motions like I'm reaching for a nine millimeter or anything like that. Cause that would be, I, I mean, I'm not even going to make the finger guns cause that's getting people arrested in this country. Yeah. I mean, when finger uh, guns acid are has, getting you arrested, how do you deal with real guns? Cold acid in the chat room has the uh, answer. It's, it's pronounced data. In fact, there was a, there was an episode where they cleared that up uh, in, in the second season when the new doctor, Dr. Pulaski kept calling him data and uh, he corrects her and says data. And she says, data, data, what's the difference? And data says, well, one is my name. The other is not <laughs> a very logical creature. He wouldn't have to be red flagged. Uh, you know, I, I bet somewhere in that positronic net, there are some deep, dark thoughts lurking. Just look at his brother. That's true. The apple doesn't fall for far from the tree, which is why this type of legislation is can only lead to bad things. But as we started out the episode saying the people that want this legislation, I would say overall don't care about this legislation. It is another push. It's another nudge. It's moving the Overton window a little bit further to. We can take away your guns, just like the bullying quickly turned into, we can keep you from saying words. We can make certain words illegal. We can make speech illegal. We can make things that you, we're to the point now where we can make things that you think illegal. I mean, let's just understand they're trying to get the technology where they could just implant crap in your, you know, in your brainstem where they could read your thoughts. Just wait for that technology. I mean, you want to talk about being enslaved. It's coming. I would go you one farther about the the people who are pushing for these laws. The people who want these laws are closed-minded, selfish, scared little people who are afraid of everything. They are driven by fear and not logic. They are selfish because they believe that just because they don't need a right, that it's okay to take it away from everybody else. Uh, they are uh, closed-minded because they are operating from from fear and not from the the any kind of of logic or reason. These are terrible people, and the worst part about it is that they're voting. Well, eight-year-old kids should be able to vote. Didn't you see the push? I did, and um, I'm not sure that I necessarily agree. Uh, at the same time, you know, I I'm I'm aware of a lot of people who are much older than eight who have the mentality of an eight-year-old kid, and they are not only voting but they are uh starting packs and they are traveling to congress in order to get new laws passed and yeah i mean there's a lot of adults that uh aren't any smarter than the average you're absolutely kid. right about that and cold acid in the no agenda troll room the chat room we use during the show is is linking to a story that's saying facebook bans an irish girl's account for saying her name is a racial slur what was the name i'm curious what that was because as we talked about in the episode where you said the c word uh that it's it's a much different word i mean it's just like saying fag in, in america was a very a homophobic thing but over in the uk it meant cigarette when you're dealing with a worldwide media now where people communicate worldwide anybody can come into our chat room from all over the world is like how do you know what's going to be offensive and what's not it really is like the oakland a's when they put the uh the ad in the australian paper because they had an australian guy that made the all-star team and oakland's hashtag this year has been rooted in oakland 
and rooted means fucking in in the Australian world. So they had no idea they were what they were putting in the paper there, and people were offended. But there was obviously no offense meant. I think I think you have just given me my first reason ever to want to go to Oakland. Right there, you go. We're rooted in Oakland. Wait, Gypsy and Robinson. So it's the just the Gypsy part was deemed a racial slur. Oh my God! What the hell? That so Gypsy. Uh, is now it's possible that robinson is is also a racial slur you never know <laughs> i guess it might be but there's this when we're getting into thought crime and we have major companies like facebook kicking a girl off their platform because her name's gypsy i mean wow i don't know we we talk about a lot of stuff on the show and we we really do try to kind of break it down and figure out answers but we may be way too late yeah it really may be time for weapons food and a bunker somewhere are, are we about done with red flag laws? The, I well, mean, the, I, I, can, topic. I can, I can reiterate the, the only, okay. I mean, uh, if only, <laughs> I mean, the only thing that gives me any kind of hope about these things is, is that the laws on their face are so blatantly and obviously in violation of multiple of the bill of rights that I can't. Yeah. And maybe I'm completely off base here, but I can't help but think that at least the the Supreme Court of the United States is not completely co-opted yet. They're, they're working on it, but I'd like to think that they at least, you know, uh, amongst all of the branches of government, because you sure as fuck are not going to find any of this in the executive or legislative right now, amongst all of the branches of government, I still think that the Supreme Court justices have read the Constitution. and. I think that they are, there is going, it's going to take 10 years. And during those 10 years, a lot of people's rights are going to be trampled. And you're going to have a lot of cases like, uh, like this one last December where uh, a man named uh, Gary Willis. Yes, I wrote this down. Had, uh, he didn't even know that, that this red flag law was being used against him. Uh, somebody like a, an ex-girlfriend or something went to a, the cops and said this guy has guns and he threatened something and the first clue that he had was that the cops broke down his door and they didn't identify themselves as the police they were just people who were heavily armed wearing all black kicking in the door and pointing guns at him and of course he turned around and opened fire because he had a gun nearby too and they were there to take that gun away and the expected result happened. They shot the fuck out of him, murdered the hell out of him, probably killed his dog because that's what cops do when they do no warrant smashes into people's houses. And this is going to happen over and over again because the Maryland law does not require that the person be present or be able to uh, to argue against the order. It doesn't even require that anybody tell him about the order until the police show up to serve it. And then you have the over-militarized police who don't know how to knock on a door and say, sir, we have this warrant and we'd like to, you know, have you give up your guns, which of course would be bad, but they don't do that anymore because cops are all gung-ho military rejects. And of course, you know, that's a terrible stereotype of cops. In fact, most of the cops I know are perfectly decent people, but there is a reputation for being the kind of people who kick in doors and shoot dogs first and ask questions later if they have to or if they're forced to. And you're going to get a lot more 
it, a lot more incidents like this one where the cops basically broke into somebody's house and killed him because of this law. The only, like I said, <laughs> the only thing, the only hope that I have is, uh, you know, it red flag laws on their face. Uh, they, they violate the first amendment because they make speech into a crime. They violate the second amendment because duh, they violate the fourth amendment because uh, the fourth amendment explicitly states warrants require probable cause and probable cause standard is actually a couple of the states do have that, but a lot of them uh, use instead the reasonable suspicion standard, which it just says, you know, we think that maybe this might be going on and therefore we'll do it. And that literally, that violates the fourth amendment because you, you can't issue a warrant with anything less than probable cause except under these red flag laws, you know, it violates the, the fifth amendment and the eighth amendment with the excessive bail and no person shall be deprived of property without due process and just compensation. Those are iffy. Uh, but I think the most important one is it violates the sixth amendment, which is if you are to be accused of a crime, you have a right to a speedy and public trial by jury and you have the right to face your accuser. And most of these red flag laws do not provide either of those things. And for that reason, I do think they're going to get shot down. Well, we are a nation of laws, which is a good thing. But I like the fact that you're pointing out exactly where in the Constitution this is running afoul. Because while we are a nation of laws, I don't believe if there's one thing, you know, when they talk about like guns, well, the founders never even imagined the guns we'd have today. And we've talked about that before, which is at the time, the people, they the, imagined the people it. in the country. <laughs> had the same exact weapons as the military which go figure that they said you have the right to bear arms so they understood that but people use that as an excuse the nice thing is the constitution i'm in a tank top right now i am exercising my right to bear arms like most horrible joke ever but the constitution and bill of rights is readable and understandable to a majority of people even eight-year-olds i would think that it, it's a fairly simple guide to follow. The problem with the United States, and we've touched on it before, is that the laws in the United States, let's remember Nancy Pelosi, well, we'll have to pass the bill to see what's in it. Well, the problem is when you have these, you know, you what? have to have these 15,000 page documents. The If there's one place that I think the country needs real, true reform is to stop these long-winded pork-filled laws and yeah. make things easy to understand because if the average citizen can't be expected to know all the laws how are you expected as the average citizen to comply and follow the laws i, I think we could do an entire grumpy old ben's episode on laws but uh it, let me let me see if I can uh, just distill it down to a few words. You know, you're me, not long winded at all. I don't uh, you know what? Actually, I don't do a f- I don't do a few words. Uh, but in short, uh, we have in this country a profession called lawmaker, and everybody, every human who has a job wants to have a purpose they want to do their job and therefore the fact that we have dedicated humans who exist for the purpose of making laws they will make laws and 
nobody in that system ever seemed to it's it's one complaint i have about the system any every democratic system regarding the that has lawmakers which is all of them nobody ever stops to think do we need more laws no i they stop just to say think that. well they just say well we've got these lawmakers so they better be out there making laws so we can get our tax money's worth out of it hey i mentioned that before the country is old you know we've been around long enough to where why is it are we still at the point to where every year new laws are introduced i mean it really that's the world's not that complicated hey it's getting more so by the day Maybe. uh you know it, in in fact uh here's here's the biggest condemnation of of the legal system in general there exists a profession called a lawyer these are people whose job it is who who make their entire existence to understand the law what does that say about the law that you have to have somebody dedicated to it in order to understand it it means it's too damn complicated for normal humans to follow Oh, and by the way, we have so damn many laws that no lawyer could possibly understand it either. They have to organize themselves into law firms. And even then, most of the time, something weird comes up. They have to consult a library where they have entire wings of buildings dedicated to books that have nothing but laws in there. There's too many laws. I certainly won't argue that. I think that that one way that could have fixed this a long time ago and actually still could, although there's never going to be the political will to put it in, is uh, it, it's actually a fairly simple concept that uh, I would love to see somewhere like the Constitution, which is uh, all laws automatically sunset. The, there, there can be no laws in perpetuity, period. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe 10 years, maybe 15 years, maybe the same length as copyright and five years. <laughs> But here's the, 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 the common argument against all laws sunsetting. Well, there's always going to be laws like murder that uh, should always be well, illegal that's a crime, no matter not a what, law. and that's never going to change. Uh, sure. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't read all the laws, so maybe it's a law too. But there's, there's always going to be certain things that you're like, you know what? This should always be against the law. And Okay. In that case, you know what? We've got this whole group of people called lawmakers, and they could go ahead and vote on reinstituting every 10 years the law that says murder is a crime. That doesn't sound like it'd be all that controversial. It would, it would give them pass. something better to do than try to keep coming up with new laws to make their job relevant. But that's, that's another episode yeah. on laws, I suppose. And we'll be hitting that at some point because this is episode 24 and we've gotten to the end. And we're we're still planning on doing twenty five, right? We're we're not. Yeah. Well, that's a good sign. Oh, you you should see your face right now. <laughs> I mean, come on. This we had to do at least a little bit of a nod to the Mark and George show episode number twenty four to, to the lost. Yes, and and for those of you who don't pay attention to the Mark and George show, we're we're just doing a little bit of gentle ribbing because uh, they they had some technical issues and uh, and, and some some other issues uh, that episode number 24 was not published and release uh, 24 so, we demand it, it. <laughs> call your legislators today it's, and demand the release of the mark and george show episode number 24 so here at grumpy old ben's we can promise that we will release grumpy old ben's episode 24 we make um, 
although uh, it may be against the law to listen to it. Maybe not today, but maybe tomorrow. Don't get caught in the thought crime. We would hate to be the reason. We love that you're listening to Grumpy Old Ben's. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the comments. We get a lot of them from Sir Fletcher, from Carolyn Blaney, from Jay Finley. There's a lot of people that have been listening to the shows in the chat room. So many people come to join us for the live shows and have made comments. And we love everybody listening. We appreciate your support. And we would hate that if the grumpy old Ben's in your browser history in five years got you thrown in the clink. We'll be underground by that point, though. (laughs) You won't be able to find us. We'll be we'll be somewhere in a what's probably somewhere in the desert with Blitzed and Jay Finley in a group of uh, militant, no agenda types, and we'll probably be having fun. There will probably be weapons involved and no thought crimes, but we appreciate everybody's support. And uh, if you want to support the show, the best thing you could do is subscribe. Go to grumpyoldbenz.com, click on one of those subscribe buttons. You can get it in your favorite podcast app. You can get it to your email box every time a new show is released. And if you'd like to throw in a little something on the value for value model, you can go to the same address and click the little donate button. Does that about do it? Ryan Bemrose for episode number 24. I got nothing. Well, why should this be different than any other episode of Grumpy Old Ben's? Ah, so until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where construction season is about to start just outside. And from America's left coast, where having thoughts is a crime and therefore must be stopped. I'm Ryan Pemrose. <laughs>